I'm Taylor Strecker, and this is Younger Uncovered, a podcast dedicated to all things younger. Today, we are <laughs> recovering from so many things that happened on last night's season finale, and there's no one I'd rather have here to hold my hand, literally. Could I just actually be in your lap through this than Charles Brooks? Peter Herman is back on the podcast, everybody. Hey, Peter. Hi. And get off my lap. No. You have to be on the other side of the table. Can I just koala bear you the entire time? It's okay. For some reason, I thought we were going to do this over the phone, so that's why I dressed up for you today. She's in her pajamas. Legit. For real. She's in her pajamas. She's not in my lap, but she's in her pajamas. This is true talk. Okay, so honestly, I'm just a disaster from last night. I'm I'm, I'm so sad the season's over. I'm WTFing all over the place. Mm. You know what that means, right? I do. Thank you. <laughs> yes, that's my big accomplishment. I get to feel young for a moment. She actually just looked across the table at me and was like, are you, are you following, old, old man? Right? <clears throat> nice. Thank you. Okay. So, Peter, what just happened in this episode? Help me. So many questions. I will always and forever celebrate and bow down to our writers who have the greatest time pulling out any rug we happen to be standing on. Either characters or viewers, I think, we're all in this nice happy place together and then they just pull uh, and we all fall. It is very exciting and I'm always amazed at how elegantly they do it. What was your reaction to the season finale? Like in one word, if you could pick a word. If I could pick a word, uh, you know what? I'll say this promising possibility future and i think this should be the subtitle of the show complications some complications some some complications just a handful um the season started and ended with these game changing moments for charles i mean you've had quite the ride this season yeah you have what do you think about his arc this season and everything that we've watched Charles go through. It's always really fun for an actor to get to play a lot. So in that sense, the season was just great. You know, we get handed a script and then we say, wow, I get to do that and that. So in that sense, it was really exciting. I think the season for Charles, in a sense, broke down into two parts, right? So there was, he spent a lot of time living in his anger, but everybody got so worked up about how angry he was. And I would like to collectively say, imagine if somebody did that to you. If somebody who you care about deeply suddenly said, I'm not who I claimed to be. That's a pretty seismic shift in a relationship. Uh, I really liked, again, that the writers gave him time, didn't say like, oh, it's showtime. We have to get through it in an episode. No. So I think the season broke down into him working through that and then seeing how much he's willing to change his life for Liza. And I think that the first part in his anger, I think when we're angry, then the people whom we are angry at, they lose dimension. They become only the thing that they did. That's all that they are to us. Or you are the person who hurt me yes. and nothing else. They become one dimension. And in a sense, that can be sometimes really grounding because it's super organizing. They're just one thing. We reduce people in that sense. And I think that right in episode seven, the Christmas episode, Liza becomes, takes on dimension again, becomes a full person again. He actually sees this other aspect of who she is. And then he sees again and comes back to the person that he loves. Now, after that, come the complications of two grown-ups in the real world trying to be together. And he has to make some really big decisions about how much of his life and the way that he knows himself and who he believes himself to be, he's willing to change to make this relationship possible. Yeah, he's all in. And then 
it ends with a look. We'll get to, we'll get to that in a little bit. Okay. <laughs> we'll get to that in a little bit. So the episode starts off with Cheryl Sussman offering Liza her own imprint at Random House. Yes. It's called Chicky. Not sure if we love that name. It is so fantastically bad. Chicky. Chicky. And with the Y chromosome. Yes, and yes. It, it's exactly the kind of thing that you can see that they take to focus groups and they're like, oh my God, this tested really well. So, it's just, it's, you can just see the conference room. It like, came back. People love it. Chicky. And everyone, you know, congratulating each other for how great it is. But it just on the outside of that bubble, it is just sensationally awful. It's a huge offer for Liza, though, mm-hmm. especially, yes. you know, she's finally reaching the end point of this is why I was lying to get back into publishing to yes. be respected. I mean, she's going to get a salary increase. She's going to be yes. the big boss lady. Yes. These are major things. So why did she hesitate to sign that contract? Why do you think? She hesitates. And this this speaks for the way that the writers have created the character. I think this speaks for the way that Sutton has played the character uh, simply because she is deeply loyal. Friendship is this base note in her life. She really sees the opportunity not to abandon Kelsey. She sees the pull of a relationship because she's fantastically conflicted as a character. And that's why we love to watch her. Just so good. Okay, so Quinn's investment in Empirical can save the company, but it's contingent on Liza staying and Millennial becoming the flagship imprint. Not wanting to make any more people complicit in fraud, Liza tells Quinn her real age, which is like a major moment. And then Quinn's like, fabulous. I can use this. I can spin this. This is ageism. You're going on Ellen. It's an amazing moment. So what do you think of Quinn's reaction? Do you think it's an incredible moment or do you think it's unrealistic? I don't think it's unrealistic at all. I think it's very her. And I love the way that Laura played it. You just sort of watch her. You watch her clock it. Mm -hmm. And immediately she metabolizes it into an opportunity. That's also a great look at that kind of thinker. But there are reasons why she is where she is. Self-made billionaire. Self-made billionaire. And whatever grist goes into that mill, it is milled into opportunity. Mm -hmm. And it's just the nature of that creature to do that, to just to mine gold from this potential train wreck. But she just says, no, fantastic. Go. I, I, I loved her reaction. She takes these things that have been like ruining Liza's like life, right? Yes. This, this one yes. thing, and she just turns it into gold. Poof. It's also a look at... Uh, the show has moved beyond that device of the lies. The send, you know, I think we're far away from that. It certainly still plays a role, but it's less central. It's not the whole show doesn't pivot on that item. And I like how we have this character, Quinn, fiercely intelligent, visionary, who shows all of us how easy it can be to move beyond this. Right? Snap a finger. Come on. Great, fantastic next. talk shows next. Go. That was well, great. Also, it's crazy. Liza has been telling the truth all over the place. Mm-hmm. But yet, Diana has not been told. Mm. What is up with that? Watching the show, I like that so much because I just love watching the two of them together. You know, people have asked what will Diana's reaction be and some people have said that one of them could be that she goes, oh my God, I've known all along. We do what we need to do to get ahead. Um, I don't know if that's going to be the case. I think that in the Christmas episode, there was that beautiful moment, that exchange of the scarf and you saw which you've seen before but not so vividly displayed as in that moment, the affection between the two of them mm-hmm. and the loyalty that word again and and the respect, the mutual respect, spoken respect between these two women, which I think is so much a theme of the show in general. And I think that there is a real hurdle in Liza about revealing that disrespect to her, that she has not told her the truth because she respects her so much. 
because I, I experienced Liza as a principled person, a moral person, yeah. uh, and I think that there is always a loss in revealing some way that you have wronged somebody. And lying is wronging somebody. And you put a lot at risk and you say, I have done wrong. And I think that vis-a-vis Diana is a difficult hurdle for her. That was really well put. So So Liza backs out of the chicky contract to save millennial (laughs) slash empirical. Yes. And Cheryl Sussman retaliates by leaking that Liza and Charles are having an affair. So Quinn now threatens to pull her investment. Could Martha Plimpton be any greater? Could she be any greater? And there's nobody with a fouler mouth after she screws up a line. Nobody berates herself with more cruelty than Martha Plimpton. I mean, I can't even go, go into the words that come out of her mouth. You but can. It, no. But it, <laughs> it's, it, 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 it's kind of its own show, right? After she screws something up. But she's so fantastically funny. Amazing. So Quinn threatens after this leaks to pull her investment over it. So Charles has to actually step down as publisher. Yeah. Which is like crazy town USA. And you know what? Also, I mean, as amazing as Quinn is at spinning stuff, this is just like impossible for her in the current social climate. Yes. And it's interesting because right after, again, thank you, writers, the, the juxtaposition between Liza's news and instantaneously she says, I can spin this. We got a beautiful picture of the climate. I can't spin that. Nor does she want to. And it's so um, in the zeitgeist. As yeah, a absolutely. Show yeah, yeah. Always is. Yeah, I mean, it's like Darren, of the times. And where Darren Starr seems to live in an uncanny way. So. I love it. Yeah. So this is a big ouch for Charles. Do you foresee this being a problem for Charles and Liza? Charles says the right things, but do we really in our heart of hearts think that it really is okay? Define okay, meaning that they're just that they're now going to move into the townhouse and have a happy life together? I mean, his he's sacrificing his life That's for That's season hers. six. It's just the scenes of the two of us. <laughs> Having dinner and talking. Um, He's going to watch her career, right? That's going that, exactly. to feed his soul? Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I think— could that, it? <clears throat> well, there are many parts to that question and thus many parts of the answer. Yeah. So I, I think that one of the things that I liked about what happened, I loved when I read it. I was like, wow. Because you don't know—we didn't know how the season was going to end. I did not see right? it coming. And so I just love what they do. I love how they what they build and I love what they tear down. But I think that I can't remember whether it was season two or three when Liza's at the music festival. Charles is on the phone with her yes. and he's doing the New York Times interview. He's asking her for advice about books on my night table. And, mm-hmm. and so she has all this great advice about what spectrum of books to put in there and she has all these great answers. And so then he talks about how he got into publishing. And he says that he used to get in trouble as a kid for reading comic books at the dinner table and that it was actually his dad. He took over his dad's job. And so I think that they laid beautiful track for the fact that his exit from the publishing world, a part of him was leaning that way. And a part of his heart was not entirely in this, whether aware of it or unaware of it. But sometimes when we have a yearning for something, when the circumstances line up for that something to happen, then by force of gravity, if we lean that way, we fall or we move further that way. And I think the circumstances lined up in a sense for him to leave. 
that doesn't mean that it's not a seismic shift in his life. That doesn't mean that it is not a sacrifice of everything that he has known his adult life to be absolutely for the person he loves. But again, the Hale writers, I think they laid beautiful track for this. Just okay. So replacing you is Kelsey. Yeah. As publisher. Yeah, yeah. She is so young. Yeah, oh, God. Okay, so thoughts on this. I think that it is, yes, Kelsey, indeed, but it's also Kelsey with the counsel of Liza. I don't think that he would necessarily, if, if Liza had said, I'm leaving, I don't know that he would necessarily have said, you know what, Kelsey, I'm going to put this in your hands. I think that he has um, possibly a deeper, more grounded confidence in Liza because he, he also knows that she's his contemporary, more of his contemporary, yes. than in Kelsey. That sounds like, you know, a millennial diss, which I don't mean at all. Mm-hmm. I think that she has proven herself in spades. She is so much more uh, spontaneous. She She's so much more sort of gut-driven than he is. And I think that he respects that and knows that that has a place in the world, too. After five seasons of buildup, Charles and Liza can at long last be together publicly. Yes. But those final moments of the episode when they're supposed to be walking off into the sunset feeling invigorated and happy and smiling and the looks on their faces were killing me. <laughs> That's my WTF. That's what really got my goat. Tune into season six. I know, right? Um, Seriously, perfect setup. You know, I'll tell you this. It means that they're adults and we're in the real world. So for him, I can't entirely speak for Liza. I can make some guesses about what that moment is like for her. I can speak for the character that I play and say that he has just given away a way that he has known himself his entire life life. It is who he is in the professional world, in society, in his creative life. That's where he makes his creative decisions about what books to buy, what books people should read, have the opportunity to read. And so in stepping away from that, there is, as he says, perhaps too vehemently, when he says, I'm happy, there is an enormous sense of freedom. There's an enormous sense of promise and possibility. And yet there is also on either side of that street that he sees stretching into the future, there is encroaching on both sides of that road are these walls of consequence. And that makes that road uh, that for a moment is beautiful and paved and shiny and lovely, narrower and narrower the more that he thinks about it. And he's certainly a thoughtful person. And it's not that he didn't think about it, but just the realities of what that means after he actually did it. At that moment, as he's walking, uh, begin to get very real. And he couldn't have known what that would feel like to have in a moment, changed his life so much until he did it. What if this life that I have now chosen or this next chapter that I've chosen is not all that I hope for? And am I, do I have enough integrity not to blame the person in my life for the decision that I made? And he is a human being and who knows how good he will be at that. That was a human moment. So when you watched it back, what did you interpret in Sutton's look? Well, it's funny. When I watched it, I even wanted both of them to be happy. Just walk and smile and be happy and look at each each other. And I, I think that she holds so much up in the air. She has so many plates spinning. And I think that I saw her just trying to fiercely reorganize her life and deal with implications, consequences. But many of us human beings are constantly questioning what it is that we actually want. I saw that very much in play in her face. And there's also the possibility that Charles was 
a particular person in her life. He was a publisher. He had a job. Um, and not, I mean, she didn't love him because he had a job. That's not her angle. But I think that she now is together with a different man. And so I think that that's just a lot to think about. What do you think the writers are setting up for Liza and Charles next season, season six? Complications. <laughs> yeah, you think? We'll do a lot of walks in Bryant Park where we uh, have serious looks. Um, I think that even just seeing Liza going to work at the company that used to be his with him at home, that in itself is just nothing but delicious. It's so good. And then I think that this is me just spinning out in my own brain. I think it's possible that he might pitch a book. I think it's possible that that pitch might not go well. But again, I have thought about what if this happens on the show and what the writers spin is invariably exponentially better than what happens in my head. So now let's move on to uh, Josh. Yeah. Oh my. Where the hell did that come from? I was shook to my core. I was so mad how sweet and beautiful and deeply moving and lovely that scene was with the two of them and the kid. Oh, I mean, it was just, I'm always mad when I see how great they are together. I'm like, no! So, they're great. So Josh is considering being um, Malky's sperm donor. So then Lauren tries to help him with a cacao ceremony. Hmm. So basically, that's when he envisions having a baby and he's having a baby with Liza and they're Mm -hmm. this happy family and it's just like, oh, so heart melting. And then at the end, (laughs) they open the door, Lauren slams it. She's like, no! Um, Which is the best. And then uh, we open Opened the door to reveal that Claire is standing there friggin' pregnant and it's like yeah. and, and the world just melts away. What do we think? Is this Josh's baby? Because that was my first thing. I was like, no, not his just a liar. flat out. You yes. yelled at the TV, didn't you? I did, I did. Um I don't know. She can't. No. <laughs> Why things get complicated for me? Why can't they get complicated for him? Come on. Well, where's she been all this where's time? Where's she been all this time? Well, she's been, you know, watching her belly grow. Oh my gosh. So, yeah. I don't know. Again, uh, I think that in this case, I'm so happy that I'm not a writer on the show because they are so fantastic at writing themselves into corners. And then they're like, what do we do now? And it's funny, after season one, I asked Darren, I said, all right, so what? You know, what's up for season two? He was like, I don't know. I haven't written it yet. And so I think we always assume that they know exactly what's going to happen. I think that, yes, to some degree, they know general arcs, but I, I don't know if they know. There's going to be a lot of wars over that one, I feel like. I think it's going to be uh, like Josh and Charles at the townhouse. No, you change the diaper. It's your turn, asshole. So and I think it'll be that. I'm down He's going to camp out in the townhouse. And last but certainly not least, yeah. Kelsey and mm. Zane. Yeah. Hmm. Like he <laughs> says... I was in love with you. Yeah. Of course, this comes after Kelsey finds out from Charles mm-hmm. that Jake wanted Zane to edit the book and mm-hmm. then Zane passed. And so when she confronts him, he was basically like, I mean, he tries to get around it, but he finally just caves and he says, I I, I was in love with you. Mm-hmm. And then she's all like, was? Mm-hmm. Past tense? First mm-hmm. time? What do you think about that moment? I recognize the sort of retroactive aggression of I was in love with you, which is fantastically and awfully manipulative and very much in character for him. And I like that he is, uh, he always lands on his feet. 
He is super smooth and like a dexterous survivor. He, he finds a way. But he's not a snake. And I really like the fact that we get this look at his principle, at his character, when he says, no, I want her to edit it. I thought it was really, really elegantly done. But it is quite a thing to lay on someone to say, I was in love with you. It lays out what could have been, but it also lays it out from the other side of an already closed door. Like, I am no longer. Bye-bye. I love the smile when the elevator closes. Like, right. I thought that was beautifully timed. What do we think about the future for them? Is there going to be a future for them in season six? I think that in this incredible way, there are, just like life, there are these characters who cannot help but find their way back to each other. I think it's because they're people that, that we you know, can't stay away from. But the way that this show, in a sense, is constructed is that these characters have things between them that they're just not done working out with each other. They got some more stuff. In the same way that maddening as it is, Elias and Josh are not finished working out what comes up between them and what they bring out in each other. And Charles and Liza are certainly and spectacularly not done and deep, deep, deep in it. And so I really like the way that that's um, the way that that's constructed. It was a great season finale. I loved it. On behalf of all of us at Younger, thank you. You're um, <laughs> I can't tell you how gratifying it is. You know, it's such a simple word, but how nice it is to make something as a group of people, right? So we're this cast and yeah. we, we really, really, really like each other. And then we, we make something and then we put it out and then we hope. We hope that people will like it. It's as simple as that. We hope that the show entertains and thrills and uh, and makes people mad and you know and all of that. And it's so fun to have viewers and fans respond the way that they do. This huge spectrum of people. Yeah, it's really something. Really, really great. Last question. I'm sad. I don't want to ask it. Don't make me. It means it's over. <laughs> okay. What are you most looking forward to about next season? The writing. I, I keep coming back to it. Whether it's writing for Charles or for anybody else, I just think we have such an accomplished, fantastic group of writers putting our words on a page. You know, it really, just the way that we treat the end of a season like the end of a school year, not necessarily senior years, because it's just the first day of school is always really fun again. So, you know, our first table read and our squeals of delight as we all see each other. Oh, my God. And we all see each other in the meantime, but we, we pretend like we haven't seen each other for years. So that's, that's always great. Like, oh, my God, how have you been? I just saw you last Tuesday, but how have you been? And then possibly most of all, life with Liza. <laughs> I'm dead. Yeah. Um, Peter, thank you for closing out this incredible season with me. Thank you so much. And thank you for everything that you do and have done and for your pajamas and, <laughs> and for all of it. And one of my favorite Ralph Waldo Emerson quotes is, nothing great was ever achieved without enthusiasm. And so thank you for your enthusiasm. And I really mean that. Thank you for how deep in you are. And thank we, you. we really, really appreciate it. I'm going to cry. So I'll cry with you. Peter, thank you for closing out this incredible season with me. Younger will be back for season six. Stay connected to Younger TV on all your social media platforms to make sure you never miss an update. I'm Taylor Strecker, and this is Younger Uncovered. Oh, good <laughs> <laughs> oh, no.